0: Fatherhood is fascinating. One day, you're Dad of the Year, and the next day is, well, the next day. Welcome to Positively Dad, a podcast designed to help dads embrace the journey. Thank you for joining us for Positively Dad. My name's James Shaw. I'm your host. I'm a dad. My wife, Terry and I have a seven-year-old named Naomi who actually joins us at the end of every podcast for the Kids' Corner, so you'll want to stick around for that. And I started Positively Dad earlier this year to be a resource to dads. You know, when I found out I was gonna be a dad about seven years ago, I, I just said, Hey, I wanna be a great dad, didn't know where to go find stuff to help, so I go searching and nearly everything I found was for mom. And so, you know, I thought I'd start this podcast just as a way to add value to dads out there, as you know, we all desire to be great partners, people and and um, and, and parents, and I trust that we're doing that for you. So we do two podcast episodes every week. This is the Monday episode, I call it our more traditional episode, and in this one, what I do is I reach out to experts in the field of things that, that would be of value to dads and that we might not be thinking about, and so that we can grow, we can you know, become, again, like I said, better people, better partners, or better parents, and, um, and so we do that every Monday. Then on Thursdays, I talk to a dad who's out there just being a dad like the rest of us, And we can learn from them, too, on what's working, what's not working, what they're proud of, what they're not proud of, you know, their stories. And we've had some incredible episodes of those. So I'd invite you to go back and listen. You also can find us. We're all over the place. We're on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Positively Dad. And then we're online at PositivelyDad.com. And if you like it as we're starting this journey, uh, if you do like our episodes, please share them with someone who you think would find value in them as well. Today we're going to talk about something that I think that my wife and I kind of stumbled into. And that is, how, how are you talking to your kids? And I found a study out of Ohio State University that said, it looked at preschools and then again it looked at parents. And it said most of the time when we read to our children when they're young, we ask them really lame questions. I mean that's the way, I guess, the way to look at it. The questions we ask them as we're reading about the stories that we're reading them. Uh, and most times are pretty lame and don't actually add a lot of value and don't really stretch their thinking in any way. And I think if we're going to spend time reading, because that's, I mean, the research is very clear on that. We've got to sit and read with our kids. My wife was adamant about that when Naomi was born. She led that in our house. They, they, Naomi and, and Terry and Naomi and I um, have been reading together since the day she was born and and Terry has absolutely taken the charge on that and has led that and it's turned out to be great because Naomi's vocabulary is very wide she asks great questions um, and you know, we get a lot of comments, quite frankly, from people who say, you know, she just sounds older than a seven-year-old. And I, and I just kind of wondered why that is. And then as I've looked into the research, it's clear to me that it's just because of the reading, the constant reading that we've done with her, and then the questions that we would ask her about the stories. And, and none of that, quite frankly, was on purpose. This has just kind of been by accident, and, and we've lucked out. Well, you don't have to luck out in this. The, the research, like I said, is clear. We did one of our early podcasts on the value of dad reading, and it's really, really important that dad sits and reads with, with their children, and this is an area that I was not doing great in, so um, you know, there's a lot of value in dad. And then today, we're going to look at when we are reading with our kids and we are talking with our kids, what kind of questions are we asking them that get them to think that help them grow their vocabulary, and quite frankly, allow us to have even better conversations with them. So, you know, I, I, I guess, you know, we pick Naomi up from school now sometimes, and and you know, how school, and eh, not so great, don't want to talk about it, whatever. Well, what if you actually had a conversation about stuff like that? And that can start really, really early. So, my guest today is Dr. Laura Justice. Now, Dr. Laura Justice is is the executive director of the Crane Center for Early Childhood Research and Policy, and that's at The Ohio State University. She and her team have done the study on it. We're going to dive in and look at it so that we as dads can really be engaged in reading with our kids and asking them questions that cause them to think and give us really awesome answers. So, Dr. Justice, thank you so much for joining us on Positively Dad.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: It's my absolute pleasure. So this is really fun. We always hear, sit down and read to your little ones. And there's a lot of stuff foundationally that happens when you sit and read to your kids. And um, and then what your research says, though, is it's more than just reading to the kids. It's how you're engaging with them, too.
1: Absolutely. And so when we um, oftentimes when we look at how adults read to kids, um, the adult is very actively engaged. They're the ones reading the book. Um, and kids tend to be very passive. Um, they might not talk much. They're just sitting there looking at the pictures. And so there's been a pretty strong tradition of research um, over the last two decades on developing strategies so that adults, when reading to kids, can make it a more interactive experience
0: so what should we be doing
1: (laughs) well the first thing we should do is talk less as adults and Mm -hmm. so um if i watch a typical let's just say a dad reading to their four-year-old child um, what we see is 90 percent of reading and discussion is the adult um, and kids are just sitting there so the first thing to do is to think about how to balance that out a bit so that both the adult and the child are verbally engaging during this activity. Um, And oftentimes the go-to strategy for balancing out the interaction is questions. And so adults use questions all the time trying to get kids to talk. Um, But what's interesting is that all questions are not created equally. Um, Some questions do in fact elicit a good amount of kids talk whereas others don't so for instance yes no questions are terrible for eliciting talk from kids that would be something like um does is that character smiling or is that dog brown those are yes no questions and the characteristic response is yes or no Mm -hmm. Um, but other questions are much better for eliciting lots of conversation and kid talk like what do you think is going to happen next or tell me what you think this book Mm. is about or Mm -hmm. why in the world do you think he turned a flashlight on and so those types of questions when used during book reading tend to elicit more talk from kids and more complex talk
0: well why is this so important especially this early on to ask those types of questions
1: (laughs) that's a really good question so um Birth to five is the peak period of brain development in the human lifespan. Um, And there's lots and lots of pathways being laid within the child's brain over these years, what we call cortical connections. Um, And language acquisition is something that's happening very, very quickly during these first five years. Um, But for language acquisition to take place and for all these cortical pathways to be laid down, kids need experience with language. They need to hear it, and they need to engage in back and forth conversations with others that provide lots and lots of um, stimuli. Um, So it just so happens that book reading and the conversations embedded within book reading are a really good way to provide lots of language stimulation to kids, which in turn strengthens the part of the brain that are responsible for language.
0: So it's, we don't want to, I guess if you're going, let's ask questions that require them to think, even at a really young age, and -hmm. that question may not even be, like, we're not quizzing them either. So instead of saying, you know, is that dog brown, which is a yes, no question, I'm also thinking Mm -hmm. you're going, we wouldn't be asking, what color is the dog?
1: You're exactly right. Um, What color is the dog is a really low-level question. Right. Um, It has a finite one word, correct or incorrect response. And that is quizzing. Um, and when we talk about having conversations with kids, whether it's in a book reading routine or at mealtime or before kids go to bed, we are not imploring parents to use those kind of questions. Um, the best way to think about good questioning or good conversation is that they're authentic and honest. Hmm. You know, like, tell me about your day. What are some things that you did? What, what are some things you did that you really enjoyed? And those are really honest inquiries that can get the conversation going and stretch kids' language and cognition.
0: Okay, so this is really interesting. One of the very first podcast episodes we ever did, we had a researcher on who's actually from Australia, who when she was here in the U.S., they did some research in like New England area where they talked about reading with moms and dads. And and I don't know if you know anything about this kind of research or not, they found that As a generality, moms would tend to ask questions like, what color is the dog, or so on and so forth, where a dad might ask a question like, oh, well, do you remember the time that you played with the dog at the park, type of question. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know, have you ever found anything like that in your research as well?
1: Well, I have never read or studied about gender differences in question asking, Um, But what you just described to the dad is a type of questioning called reminiscing, where, you know, like, let's, you know, let's talk about that time we went to the park together. And there are really good studies showing that that has really good effects on kids' language and cognitive development. And they, they call that reminiscing.
0: Okay, so we've got all these things. I'm learning so much, and 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 so I want to go through this. We don't want to quiz, which is what color is the dog. Print. Okay, we don't want to ask yes, no. So uh, is that a dog? Um, so what you're saying is a question that requires them to do some type of thinking is better off. So what types of thinking questions are there? You just yeah. talked about reminiscing. That's a thinking yeah. type so, question, right? Um,
1: yeah, let me go back and say – we don't have to ask these, what I would call cognitively challenging questions all the time, right? Well, but sure, we, we can ask yes, some, no questions yes. if we
0: want to every once yes. in a while, and we can ask the other questions. This is, exactly. this is, yeah, it's just that we don't want, I think in your study, you found like more than half the time it was a quiz or yes, no type question. Yeah. And you're going, we need, that the ratio should be different.
1: Yeah, I think it was like 80% of the time. Teachers oh, okay, wow. At least. So what do, the, the way I talk about this is we want to ask questions that make kids infer things. So an inference involves filling in the gaps. So something like um, you're, looking at a, you're, you're looking at a storybook and you have a little boy opening up a shed door. There's a lot of different questions you could ask. You could say, what's that called? That's not a great question. That's a labeling question. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you think he's going to go inside? That's a yes, no question. You could say, why do you think he's looking in there? And that requires an inference. It requires the child filling in information that is not present. You could also say, how do you think the boy feels right now as he goes into that shed? That's an inference you don't know how the child feels. So thinking about asking questions that get kids to fill in the gaps, there's good evidence that suggests that is good for kids' development.
0: This is so amazing, and I feel like I wish I would have heard it seven years ago. Um, (laughs) I have a seven-year-old, although I'll tell you that I think one thing I'm that we've learned as parents, we've just, we have an only, so we don't have lots of kids in the house. And and we just talk to Naomi like she's anybody else. We've always talked to Naomi, just like she's just a normal person. I don't know if that's good or bad or otherwise. It just, it I, I, I like to explain things and ask her questions that cause her to think. And one thing we hear is that, you know, her vocabulary is pretty strong. So we'll hear that from school. She's got a strong, a wide vocabulary. She's able to articulate things. She's a good communicator. Do those things tie into each other? You know, just by Mm -hmm. accident, us being purposeful and how we were talking to her and the questions we were asking. Does that translate over time?
1: Yes. So there's a couple of different ways to think about it. Number one is the way you described how you talk with Naomi. There's good evidence saying that that is a high quality approach, right? What you said is I just talked to her like a normal person. You know, you might explain something sophisticated to her um and those that's that's what we call high quality linguistic input and that's what we want every parent to do or to help parents do who they might not have those natural capabilities um but the other thing that's really interesting is you start to get these bi-directional effects so what's happening is you're talking to naomi in a certain way she's developing her vocabulary but because her vocabulary is developing and she's inquisitive and has good language, what she's doing is evoking higher level input from the world around her. Um, Because kids, the way they act, the things they say, they elicit behaviors from others. So you might have been in a situation where Naomi said, what's that called? And you're like, oh, let me tell you. And so she's eliciting linguistic input from you that's complex and so it begins to develop this strong bi-directional phenomenon.
0: Mm-hmm. So as I'm listening to you, I'm feeling like there are some parents that are going, okay. So uh, now I found out something else I'm not doing right, which is <laughs> yeah. how I'm reading to my kids. And and you know I, I'm sure you know this. Parenting can be overwhelming. There's a lot that goes on. We and we all desire the best, and we're balancing schedules and work, and we want to sit down and read before we go to bed, and so on and so forth. So, what's your advice to this parent who goes seriously? Now we're interrogating the types of questions that I'm asking my kid.
1: So I would say take a deep breath. Um, if, if I would, number one, is is the parent regularly reading to the kid? Let's, let's start there. So So that's a
0: really important piece, by the way, right? I'm sorry to interrupt. The, The research is very clear. This, we've got to be reading to them early and often.
1: Yes. And so, you know, my hunch is that the parent who's like, oh my gosh, I have to do one more time. is probably already, you know, there's probably 200 books in the home and they're regularly interacting with books. So take a deep breath give yourself a huge pat on the back Mm -hmm. Um, and then if you're reading to the child just be reflective and say oh you know what when i first of all when i'm reading with my child are we having dialogues or is my kid sitting quietly well if your kid's sitting quietly you know try some strategies to have the child be more a more active participant that's simple um that's easy. Um, and, you know, if you, ha- there are some kids who are really unwilling to dialogue with parents. Maybe they have a disability, they're shy. Um, something that can help there is looking for storybooks that have manipulative features like flaps you can lift. Maybe mm-hmm. they make sounds. So I would say the first thing is, you know, look at the way you're reading and try to have a dialogue. If you're already doing that, then keep doing what you're already doing. Yeah. If you're not, it's this doesn't take any more time
0: well um, it feels like that you've given us a couple of questions too that we can just put in our pocket like well what do you think is going to happen next or you know where do you think he's going or how do you think she feels I mean those are yeah questions that you could ask those those types of questions in just about every book you read
1: exactly prediction is really good because saying what do you think this book is about Ooh, okay you know prediction is good because it motivates you to Kind of find out if you're right. Um, I am going to add one one additional point here. If you do have some parents who are somewhat overzealous and now going to do all this crazy questioning, it is important to watch your child cues. Watch your child's cues because sometimes, you know, we'll do studies where we work with parents to create a more interactive reading experience, and the parents do go overboard, and kids will tell you. They're like, will you please stop asking these questions and so we can just read the book? <laughs> um, and and we, we have seen that with some parents. They just, you know, turn it into this sort of interrogation routine and they, you know, be really mindful that you're not, you know, disengaging your child.
0: Yeah, there's got to be a happy space in there to engage and then exactly, and then not go without. And I do see, you know, I'm, I'm on a lot of parenting groups and things like that on Facebook. I mean, I feel like there are, there are a segment of parents that really like micro look at every element of their parenting and that doesn't serve them. And so if, if they could go and listen to this and go, Oh my gosh, I need to like really make sure that they have a, you know, adult level reading at three years old. So I'm going to ask them these very detailed and, and crazy questions and go, okay, just dial it back a little bit and just ask, a, what, two or three questions in a book yeah. that call your kid to think.
1: Exactly. And, and one other thing is um, if the parent asks a question and the child responds, keep that going you you know have one 10 turn conversation that begins with that question and then make it a conversation that's really what we're looking for is dialogue back and forth
0: so follow uh, up and
1: if exactly follow the child's lead so, so where,
0: do think, have, where do you think where do you think he's going when he opens the door and the says oh i think you know they give an answer well what might happen in there like that type of dialogue
1: exactly or oh i bet you're right that's that's a good suggestion
0: Okay, so that's a great question then. So then to validate whatever they've told you, there's got to be some value in that as well.
1: Exactly. And actually, you use the word validation. Um, I just went blank on what we call it in the research literature. We call it responsivity. So the child says something and really following in on what the child's contribution is, Mm -hmm. saying on the child's topic, that also is a really powerful way to build children's language skills. So the child says, oh, look, that's a bird. And you say, "You're right, that is a bird.
0: Right.
1: that's actually a really good technique,
0: well, and of course, you've got some crazy name for it because that's what that's what you do. yeah when you have a doctrine in front of your name, <laughs> you got to come up with a crazy name okay so so as we as we kind of wrap up, and I think this has been really valuable because what I'm hearing is ask deeper questions than what you're probably asking. There's no judgment that you maybe haven't been asking deep questions before. Just go a little deeper. You've given us some types of questions to ask. Maybe take a journey down that path of those questions with a couple of follow-ups and validate what they say and then get back into the book. Don't overdo exactly. it. So you don't have to, on every page, ask some uh, you know, question that causes them to pontificate about something amazing. Just just go with the flow. Um, yes. Okay, so what's the advice then? What would kind of the wrap-up advice be to a parent? And then I want to talk real quick about kind of just schools. Uh, talk real quick, though, a wrap-up advice to a parent about you know, the importance of sitting down and reading and asking these questions. What's the final thing for them?
1: Well, the final thing is that birth to five is the most important period of brain development. Kids, you know, they're building connections throughout their brain, and those connections and pathways are going to serve them for the rest of their life. So sitting down and reading a book one-on-one, shared focus on that book for 10, 20 minutes a day is helping lay those pathways. It is not a trivial activity. It's actually really important. So get the books out. Talk to your neighbors about reading the kids. Talk to people you work with. Um, go to the library. It actually is a very important activity.
0: Yeah, it's really important. Okay, let's go back just real quick to touch on school because zero to five. We've got families that are working families, so they're not with you know their children all the time. They've got them in a preschool or a daycare. What's important for us as parents to look at when it comes to that? Because your study was a lot on preschool Mm -hmm. teachers and asking very surface-level questions. So what do we need to be looking for in our preschool hunt?
1: So I can't believe you open up this topic at the end of this. That's a whole different podcast. it gets (laughs) to, um, you know, what is a quality preschool program, I would, as as someone who has raised two kids and had to find care for my kids, uh, a lot of parents are really seduced by the wrong thing. Um, they're looking at, um, you know, the size of classrooms, cleanliness, um, you know, is there nice furniture. But what you really want look at, to look at is the quality of interactions between the adults and kids. Are they warm? Um, is the adult talking often to your kids? Um, I was actually just visiting a preschool today, and I went out and was watching all the kids on the playground. And all the adults were standing in the corner talking to each other. Mm-hmm. That is that is not what you want to see. Um, you see the same thing a lot of times at mealtime. The teachers should be sitting and having meals with kids and having conversations. Um, one way to get at that if you can't sit and look in a classroom is ask about turnover. Ask about turnover and wages. Um, if you have a program a lot of these preschools that parents pay a lot of money for, the teachers are actually making minimum wage and there's high turnover. Um, so ask, you know, in a given year, how many of your teaching positions turn over and what are you actually paying the lead teacher in my kids' classroom? Mm-hmm. And I, I think you'd be surprised how many of those lead teachers in some programs are making. Nine dollars an hour.
0: Wow. Well, I think you've Um, given us some good stuff to consider on that. Then is is the those kind of key things. And why don't we just do this? We'll just have you back on to a whole podcast on this. Well, there you go. (laughs) Yeah, and and just look at that because it's an important topic. And um and once if zero to five is the time when our children are going to have the most brain development, then we want to make sure they're in the right environment, both in home and out of home exactly yeah so we'll have you back on to do that well (laughs) dr justice i appreciate you being on with us today thanks so much for adding so much value
1: this was my pleasure thank you
0: what great things from dr justice on sitting down and reading with the kids every day and then asking really good questions questions that get them to think questions that allow them to be creative questions that allow them to um you know kind of process and come up with things one thing that Naomi and I have done for a long time, she, she likes to read every night and, and she likes to be told a story. Now, telling a story and making up a story as we go is just not in my lane. Terry's great at it. She does a great job. Um, I, I just it's like I have three sentences and I'm out. So what I started to do was I would ask her, um, you know, she always it, we went through this time period where she wanted me to make up a story about a pink unicorn. Named Sassafras, who loved to eat pink cupcakes. This this was our world. So whenever I would ask, I would you know just leave off the end of a sentence and ask her to fill in the blank, you know, so that you know uh, the Sassafras opened the door to the bakery, and then what happened? And uh, she'd fill in the blanks. So and then we got this this book uh, gift a couple of I don't know it was six months ago from my stepsister. And it's called, And Then. And what a cool series. It has like a couple of paragraphs that open the story. And then you say, and then. And then she takes over. And and I'm thinking, this is so cool. Because you're we're getting their brains just to move. We're pulling creativity out. And it's a really fun interaction. So I thought I'd share that with you as well. Maybe as something, a resource that you could utilize as well. Well, we're going to finish today like we do every podcast, and that's where we bring Naomi in for the Kids Corner. And we thought, you know, we'd do something a little bit different this week since this one's kind of about asking questions um, and, and thinking a little bit. I thought, well, I'll just have Naomi on and I'll ask her some questions. So it's a special edition of the Kids Corner with both of us. What are the kids thinking? Time to find out in the Kids Corner with your host, Naomi. Hey, kid. I get to do a kid's corner with you. What do you think of that? Yeah. You like that? Yeah. Okay, so today's podcast is all about asking questions. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you some questions, okay? Are you ready? Yeah. And you're going to answer them. What is something that I always say to you? I love you. Oh, I think you know the answer to this question. How old am I? You are 42. I'm 42. How old are you? Seven. How old is mommy? 15. 15, yeah, there you go. It's funny that you know my age and you don't know mommy's age. Okay, what do you think is the best animal? Cheetah. Why is the cheetah the best animal?
1: Because it's the fastest animal and I really like cheetahs, I like their dots.
0: You like their dots and you like that they're really fast. Mm -hmm. Okay, well then if you like the cheetah and you think that's really fun, tell me something that you think is gross.
1: That it eats food, living food. And
0: it like groups it apart. Oh, because the cheetah is like a predator and it goes out and does that. Yeah. Okay, well as we wrap up this special Kids Corner with Naomi and Daddy, what is your favorite part about being on the kids corner?
1: Um, probably because I get to talk on a microphone.
0: You like talking on that microphone? Yeah. Well do you wanna tell everybody thanks for listening?
1: Thanks for listening. Bye. Have a great day.
0: Alright, there you go. First ever. Combo edition of the Kids Corner, and uh, it's fun to interview your kids. I just Googled questions for kids. Oh my goodness, if you do that, it'll pull up a whole bunch of questions you can ask them that'll get some pretty funny responses. So uh, check that out, maybe, you know, and, and just talk to them. I trust that this is adding value to you and that you learned something today. I did. This is one of my favorite ones. I learned a lot from Dr. Justice. And if you did enjoy it, would you share it with someone who you think would get value out of it as well? That would be great. Just uh, you know, share the episode with them and then subscribe wherever you're listening so that you never miss an episode. And then one more thing, if you would rate us and write a review, that would so be great. Five stars are awesome. And then just kind of write down what you love about this podcast so people know. I want your feedback too. What topic should we talk about? What's missing? What can I do to get better as a host? What would you like us to talk about? Email me at James at PositivelyDad.com and then follow us online, PositivelyDad.com, and then Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We are at positivelydad. I appreciate you listening. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you next time. I'm James Shaw. Have a good one. Bye-bye.